Let me encourage you this morning to find your sermon notes. Looks like this without uh, my notes on there, so maybe you'll fill in a little bit as we go as well. Answer the questions later on. Discuss them with your friends and family. Most importantly, live what you have heard. What a thrill it is to be chosen, isn't it? The kids were so excited up here with this game. Pick me, pick me. It's great to be the captain. It's great to be chosen regardless whatever the circumstances might be, whether we're kids in a game, whether we get that letter in the mail, we've applied for our dream job, and we have, we have been chosen out of all the applicants. We are the one. Or maybe it was your favorite college years ago. You had your list, and you had your, your contingencies, your backups, but there was that one college. That's the one. That's where you wanted to go. And when that letter came in the mail... What a thrill that it was. Or maybe on the playground. As a kid, I remember the softball games on the playground at recess. The captains would go down the line and number one and number one and number two and number two and number three and number three. And you're still sitting there on the bench just waiting. <laughs> and you are sweating because there are 22 of you and there are only 18 spots. What if you're one of the four that is left out? What if he, he just says to you, you know, the rest of you, just go sit in the outfield somewhere. We don't want to be left out. We want to be chosen. Ladies, do you remember when your husband popped the question? When he gave you the ring, how important you felt? how valued, how special. Even if, if it's just for a little party today, you don't want to be left out. You want to be chosen. Because indeed, it does make us feel special. Well, as we look at our Old Testament reading for today, uh, let's agree that Ruth did not feel very special, did she? She's a Moabite woman. She is not Jewish. She is not part of the nation of Israel. She is not a part of God's people. Not only that, her husband has died. And in those days, if you don't have a husband, if you are female, your lot in life is not going to be very promising. It was only through the kindness of her kinsman redeemer, Boaz, whom she only knew because of her mother-in-law, Naomi. She goes back to Israel. She leaves her country. She is now a foreigner in a foreign land. She has no husband. Boaz will allow her to go into the grain fields. Now, I grew up on a farm. It's not an easy thing to pick up after what is left. And then you have to, you have to thresh the grain and make it into something that is edible. She does not feel very special. But she was. She was so special, not only as, as someone who was created by God, but also who is going to be redeemed, bought back by God. 
not only in the role of Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, who not only provides for her, but also marries her, but also as one who is chosen by God to be his servant. Now, we don't know exactly how it's all going to turn out. We get a little glimpse at the end of our reading today that she is going to be honored like Rachel and Leah once were. But you have to go all the way to the New Testament, to the Gospel of Matthew. And then we find out, and maybe you already know this, Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David. Through Boaz and their son Obed and then Jesse and finally David. But it gets even better because David is in the royal line of our Savior and our Redeemer, Jesus himself. So Ruth did not feel very special, but she was incredibly so. Now here's a question for the day. Why did God choose Ruth? Was she of noble birth? No, not that we're aware of. She wasn't a Jew. She was a Moabite. So was she just a really spiritual, righteous, good person? Why did God choose Ruth? Fact is, we don't know why. Just that he did. And that's the amazing part of the story, not only of Ruth, but also for us. Because we're not here today to talk just about Ruth. We're here to talk about you in your life. So let's ask this question. Why did God choose you? Are you a great person? Are you wonderfully righteous? Do you always do the right thing? Did God look into his magic crystal ball and see the great things that one day that you would do? Well, the fact is, as we know from the Bible, we are all enemies of God, aren't we? We confess that we are poor, miserable sinners. There is far more that we have done that has angered God than has pleased him. There is absolutely nothing to recommend us. And yet God has chosen you just as he has chosen me. The fact is we don't always know why. Do you remember some of you were here 17 years ago? Pastor Bergen had retired. How many of you remember that? Raise your hand. See, a lot of you guys are just really old. You know, I've noticed that. Really old people here. You remember that 17 years ago. Why did God choose this guy? Some of you are still wondering. I know that. That's okay. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I had never even heard of Illinois. Well, maybe. Crystal Lake, not so much. Now, a lot of you know that I had come from St. Louis. Now, this is how it goes when you are, you know, getting further on in your career. You go south, not north, because the weather is better, right? A lot of you are thinking that already, right? You spend your winters in, in Florida or, or Arizona or someplace nice. So why in the world would this guy go from Atlanta to Crystal Lake? And not only that, he's a Cardinals fan. How is that going to fit in, right? We don't always know the why, but we do know the what. That we are chosen 
by God. And to be chosen is an intensely personal thing, isn't it? No one else has your DNA. No one else has your memories. No one else has your experiences. No one else has your specific set of gifts. And no one else has your relationship with Jesus. Only you. And yet, as we know, as personal as this is, to be redeemed by God, to be chosen by him, to know that Jesus has died for us. Now, it's true, of course, Jesus died for everyone. Every time we, we see the cross, we're reminded that Jesus died for all, for God so loved what? The world. But he also loved you, and he has chosen you, and he has died for you. So when we look at the cross, we can see that this is for everyone, that it's universal, but it also reminds us of our own pain from time to time. And let's be honest, it is painful sometimes to be chosen, to serve, just as the symbol of the cross reminds us of Jesus' suffering, it can remind us of our own. Jesus said in these Beatitudes, Blessed are those who will be persecuted because of me, who will be insulted because of me. And I could give you all kinds of different examples, just as a pastor. Now, I've related to some of you in the midst of your own tragedy. When that phone call comes and my wife or my husband, they're in hospice, can you come and visit? Or even worse, the late-night phone calls. My teenage son has been in a car accident. Can you come and visit? And it's not just pastors, of course. It's, it's all of us, especially if, if you are called in any way to serve. How many of you as, as teachers have gotten involved personally with your students, with your families? There's been a drug overdose, or there's been a divorce in the family. Or as an as a adult child, when your mother or your father asks you to stay up with them because the end of life is near. I had one woman who, who told me about the time when the end of her mother's life, they were in hospice, and her mother wanted her to stay up with her all night because she couldn't sleep. Well, finally, it was about 3 a.m., this woman told me, and she said, I had finally dozed and fallen asleep. I mean, it's hard to be up all the time. We'd been up 24 hours already. And then I get this little tap on my, on my arm as I was sitting there next to her bed there in that, in that lazy boy chair. And, and it's my mom, and she says, couldn't you even stay awake with me for a few hours? What's that reminiscent of? Jesus himself, Peter, James, and John, couldn't you even stay awake for a little while and pray with me? Whether you are serving, whether you are waiting on someone to die, however you care, however you are chosen, it can be incredibly painful. 
I recall reading not too long ago about two policemen. Maybe you remember this story. They had been called. There was an incident. Everyone was hiding behind their cars because there was this young man and he was waving a gun. The policemen were there and, and they give the command, put the gun down, just put the gun down. Everything is going to be all right. Just put the gun down. But the, the young man keeps waving the gun. Just put the gun down. And then he points it at one of the police. And it looks like he's going to fire. And out of reflex, the policeman pulls the trigger. And he shoots the young man. And he kills him. Come to find out that it was a toy gun. And the young man was mentally compromised. He didn't know what he was doing. Can you imagine? The pain. We don't always know the why, but we know the what. We are chosen by God, which is an incredibly personal thing, but because of the cross and because Jesus suffered pain for us, we often suffer pain as well. To be chosen by God can also be a most demanding thing. Remember, God chose us for a purpose, and he has given us great gifts and blessings. He has given us forgiveness. He has given us salvation. He has given us his grace. He has gifted us so that we can share his love with others. He has given us everything, literally. And in return, he demands as well that we give to him. How many of you, when you signed up for a job, signed some kind of a promise or, or a covenant that required you to go to work every day or at least five days a week? Did you do anything like that? Most of us did, right? How does your boss feel when you take off for a full month? Not too good. Pretty much expects you to be there every day that you're required, right? When you go to school, how many days are you supposed to go? Every other one? Once a week? No, we're expected to go every day. When you, when you buy a house and you have a mortgage, is there an expectation that you'll pay it every month? Can you just do it every other, every third? How does your bank feel when you, when you miss several payments? We have this understanding if you're on a sports team, a lot of you with, with kids that are on you know, travel teams or, or even in school, they expect you to go to practice. And if you don't, what usually happens? Well, you don't get to play the next, the next game or you're kicked off the team altogether. And yet so often as the people of God, we think, oh, he's full of grace. There's no expectation. I can do whatever I want. In our gospel for today, Jesus says that I will know that you are my disciples by how you love one another. And love requires what? It requires service. It requires giving of our gifts, using our blessing for a particular purpose. To be chosen by God can be a demanding thing, not only as individuals, but also as a congregation. 
Do you realize that just as I was chosen 17 years ago to come and to be your pastor, you were chosen for this time, for this church? God has a purpose for you. He has a reason for you to be here. And God has a purpose for our congregation, for Emmanuel as well. And why is that? Because the world needs us. Our community needs us. Our families need us to share the love of Jesus Christ. And especially our young people need us. I'm going to read to you some statistics which to me, when I first came across them, are mind-boggling. Do you realize in the next 24 hours in our country, in the United States of America, in the next 24 hours, one day, 8.38, tomorrow morning, June the 5th, 3,200 teenagers will have run away from home. Can you imagine? 2,900 teenagers will see their parents divorce in the next 24 hours. 2,800 girls will get pregnant out of wedlock. 1,850 children of all ages will be abused or neglected by someone close to them. There will be 1,500 dropouts if we were still in school. 1,100 abortions of children, 200 teenagers will be arrested and sick will commit suicide. And countless millions will not have yet heard that there is a God who has redeemed them who died on the cross. Why? Because he chose them. Because he loved them. And he wants them to know it. Be chosen by God is an intensely personal thing. God knows you by name. And he knows everything about you, good and bad. And he's chosen you. Sometimes it's going to be painful, very demanding. And yet it is the most wondrous, glorious thing that can ever happen to you. So much more thrilling than being picked for a softball game or by a wealthy employer, or for your dream job, or for your dream college. So much more glorious than being chosen by a friend or even by a lover to be their wife or husband. God has chosen you to be his child, to be his disciple, to be loved by him so that you can share that love with others. Just as this ordinary, quiet young woman, this foreigner living in a foreign land named Ruth was chosen by Boaz to be be her redeemer and then to be her husband, God chose her to be the great-grandmother of the greatest king that Israel ever saw 
a man after God's own heart, and then finally to be the ancestor of Jesus himself. I know there are days you don't feel all that special. You think everybody else has so much more than you do. And yet you are special because God made you and you alone to be you. He has chosen you and he has a purpose for you. Share his love with others even though it may seem insignificant at times. Just like for Ruth, it can have incredible, incredible blessings down the road. So the only question left today is not the why. We may never know exactly what it is. We don't have anything to recommend us necessarily, but we know the what. And finally, I ask you, what is it? that you will do as a chosen, blessed by God, saint of the church. What are you going to do in the next 24 hours to make a difference in the life of another? Let's all rise.